All right, we're looking at uh, some various Proverbs, beginning with Proverbs 13, 20. It says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the, comp- the companion of fools will suffer harm. 17, 9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. 1824. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 194. Wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is deserted by his friend. 196. Many seek the favor of a generous man, and everyone and everyone is a friend to a man who gives gifts. 27, 5 through 6. Better is open rebuke. Than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. 27.9. Oil and perfume make the heart glad. And the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. 27.17. Iron sharpens iron. And one man sharpens another. And lastly, 29.5. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Uh, all men are like grass, and all of man's glory is like the flower of the field. And the grass withers, and flowers fade away, but the word of God stands forever. So let me pray for us before we look at it further tonight. Heavenly Father, we do pray that you would be with us tonight. That by your Holy Spirit, you would, you would be here. And we know, uh, we, we believe that you're the author of these words. And so we pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit, be the teacher and the great applier of these words tonight. Would you open up our ears so that we might hear and our eyes that we might see. And Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of, the, one of the biggest TV shows from when I was in high school and college... Uh, is now uh, it's, it's now on Netflix, and it seems like it's still fairly relevant. It at least seems to get watched a fair amount, um, which is interesting, I think, for a number of reasons. But uh, th- that show is Friends. It came out in September of 1994, and it ended 10 years later in 2004, after 236 episodes. Um, it's regularly ranked, uh, you know, it's won all sorts of awards and distinctions and, and such, and it's regularly ranked on you know, the top 50 greatest shows of all time, uh, the top 100 greatest shows of all times by different magazines and various lists like that. Um, and if you, if you think about, all right, what is it that made that show so great? I think it's a number of factors, certainly, but I think overall, I think it's pretty simple. I think the biggest factor is really simple in that... It's a show about a group of really good friends, and that's it. And we watch it, and we love it, because we all want to be a part of it. Right? There's something really attractive about that. And I'm sure it doesn't doesn't hurt that they're all, like, really beautiful and really funny and all that. But there's something really attractive about being in a group of friends like that that, that we want to get into. 
Uh, it was part of Time Magazine's list of the 100 best TV shows of all time. And in the article, there was this quote. It said, the well-hidden secret of this show was that it called itself Friends and was really about family. Right? There's something inside of us that longs to have people, we long to have people to know us and to be there for us and be with us no matter what. And our families are, are sort of supposed to do that. They're sort of obligated to do that. But friends are people that choose to do that. And that's what we, everybody wants that. And so this semester, if you've been with us, you know that we're going through the book of Proverbs. And our theme every week is a life of wisdom. Because Proverbs is a book about wisdom and it's a book of wisdom. Right? We say every week that wisdom is, is basically skill at living. Being able to live this life well. And tonight what I want us to see is that Proverbs has a fair amount of wisdom to offer on the, on the topic of friends. Friendship. And so we're going to look at three things. Uh, we'll see that Proverbs tells us that wise friends or wise friendships are three things. Number one, they are constant. Number two, they are forgiving. And three, third, they are truthful. So first, let's see that wise friendships or wise friends are constant. Uh, look at 1717. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Like, like we just said, our families, in a sense, are obligated, at least ideally, they're supposed to be there for us when times get difficult. It's just kind of part of the job description. But you don't get to choose your family. You don't get to choose the family you're born into, but there is this reality of friendship. And friendship is this chosen, voluntary love. And it's a love that's supposed to be constant. A love that's no matter what comes along. Look at 1824. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Uh, It's a picture of somebody, the the first one, a man of many companions. It's a picture of somebody that has plenty of uh, sort of acquaintances. Right, um, plenty of people that they're friends with in, in some respect, but when uh, when times get hard, when things get difficult, then they those friends bail. Right, we call them fair weather friends. But it's contrasted with a true friend that sticks with them even in the hard times. So a true friend is one whose love and support. Is, is constant. It'll be there in the hard times. Or we can say it like this. Um, a true friend is one that loves when it's, even when it's not convenient to be your friend. All right, so a couple of thoughts about that, about constancy. One, uh, first, because it's a chosen and voluntary love, that means that being a true friend means that you care more about the other person than you care about what you're getting out of the friendship. That you care more about the other person than what you're getting out of it. All right, so what would that look like for us? All right, it might look like uh, sitting up and talking to your friend 
who got broken up with and hearing about their heartache again. Even though you heard it, you walked through it last night. And doing it again, even though it's not, you're not getting anything out of it. Um, it might look like it might look like helping out your friend when, when they really need help, when they need to move, when they need to get to that place, when they need whatever, and it's just not convenient for you. And you could come up with a good excuse. Uh, it might look like standing with or being supportive of your friend when they've made a, a complete fool of themselves. And you sort of being on their team is going to You're going to be put in their camp. And you might end up looking a little bit like a fool. Uh, A friend of mine told me this story about his his group of high school friends. uh, When they were in high school, he said one of their their friends in this group, basically one Saturday night, went out and did something really public and really dumb. Just really blew it. And he said the next morning they all went to church together. Uh, he said that, that that friend is over there sitting completely by himself. And one of, another one of the friends in the group starts to go over there towards him. And one of the guys grabs him and says, man, what are you doing? Did, did, you, not, did you not hear what he did? And he said, he said, this guy turned to him and said, yeah, of course I heard what he did. That's why I'm going to go over there and... T- that's why I'm going to go over there and make sure he has a friend to talk to. Right? That, that's what it looks like. A friend, even when it's not convenient. Uh, second thought, because of the nature of true friendship, uh, because it's a chosen and voluntary love that's constant, uh, that means that it's, it's going to involve hard work. And it's going to take time to develop. Friendship is going to take hard work and time. Right? They're not just going to happen overnight. They have to be cultivated. They have to be grown over time. And, and over time that you invest being there in the difficult times and in the good times. All right, I want to give you one more application that it really does fit here. It may not seem like it does, but I believe it does. Uh, and we'll, we'll probably cover this, in, I, I think, in a few weeks. But um, for now, I want you to think about this. I want you to see that because of what friendship is, right, this idea that it's um, this chosen voluntary love, I want you to see that really that's the basis of a good marriage. That fundamentally, that's what a marriage is. It's a chosen voluntary love where you say, I I choose you, I'm going to bind myself to you, and you the same. And so marriage, at its foundation, is a friendship. It's a friendship first, and and really foremost. Uh, We tend to think about marriage um, as, as romance sprinkled with friendship. Right? That it's this thing, you know, love is this thing you fall into... And you just can't help it and you're, you know, we're in love. And so it's this romantic idea and and then you try to sort of mix in some like, hey, we actually also kind of get along. 
And it's actually the other way around. It's a friendship sprinkled with romance. Um, but very often we tend to look at that, right? The things that we tend to think about relationships, and romantic relationships, they don't tend to be along the friendship lines, do they? We tend to eliminate people based on how they look right off the bat. Or just be attracted to people just because of the way they look. And I want to suggest to you that, that wisdom would say that because marriage is a friendship first and foremost. All right, here it is. Marry your friend. Marry your friend. Now look, that, I don't know how that lands with you. I'm happy to talk about it. But yeah, you need, you need to like each other. And I don't mean just, you know, in sort of that romantic way. You need to have a good friendship. And so that person that you hang out with all the time and you get along really well, that's probably a really great candidate for marriage. Just throwing it out there. You can, be, you can push back if you want to later. Not now. All right, secondly, let's move on. Secondly, let's, I want you to see that wise friendships are forgiving. Look at 17.9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. And I think this one's pretty obvious, right? Um, if you, if you want to have a good friendship, uh, if you want to be a good friend, then you're going to have to forgive. Um, we just said that being friends means that you're gonna, you need to be friends uh, even in the hard times, right? When things don't go well. Um, so you're going to be with people or with a friend a lot of times. You're going to spend a lot of time with them in all sorts of circumstances and all you know, aspects of life. And that just necessarily means that they are going to sin against you. And you against them. It's just going to happen. There's times when your friend will hurt you. And so if you attempt a friendship, you can know, you can know that going into it, that they're going to do wrong to you. And Proverbs tells us that if we repeat a matter, then it's going to separate even the closest of friends. All right, so what does that mean? What does it mean to repeat a matter and repeat it to whom? Well, I think it, I think it means both repeating it inside the friendship to one another and outside. So we'll, we'll talk about it uh, in, in that way. Um, all right, so first, repeating it uh, uh, with, within the friendship. Um, look, your friend says something really hurtful to you. Or you find out that they've said something behind your back. Or uh, they said they would go to the game with you or go do whatever, and then just they got it, you just got better dealed, right? They found a better option, and they just decided to take it and left you hanging. Um, right, they've really wronged you. And so now they, they, they owe you, right? That's the way we operate. That, in a sense, that's the way sin operates. It creates a debt. And so what we typically tend to do, and we've talked about this before in here, we typically tend to call in that debt, make them pay, because they owe. And so one way is by literally repeating the matter with them, bringing it up all the time. Well, remember the time when you fill in the blank. Repeating the matter. 
reminding them that they still owe you for that. And look, if we keep repeating the matter, it's not going to go well. And recognize that you can also repeat the matter without actually saying it. Right? You can just continue to give them the cold shoulder. You can continue to, um, to punish them in other ways with you know, snarky comments or uh, you know, all the, the myriad of ways that we're passive-aggressive and those sorts of things. Or we can repeat a matter outside of the friendship. Right? We can... Uh, we can make sure that we let other people, everyone else, or maybe just certain other people know what kind of person that friend is. Right? We can make sure we, that other people know what they did. Um, and it might even be couched in terms of, uh, you know, look, look what a good friend I am. I'm being the good friend because I'm, I'm dealing with this. And we repeat the matter. Or it could be... Um, it could be in, in, in terms of, I'm just telling you so that you can pray for her, right? But if we repeat a matter, it's going to ruin the friendship. So what does Proverbs say would be wise? Well, if you want, if you want to foster love and foster friendship, then Proverbs tells us that we'll cover an offense. Cover an offense. Right, it's cover in the sense that, in the same sense that we've been talking about, talking about debt. Right, it, it means that instead of making them pay, that that you're going to pay because those are the two options. Either you can take it out on them, or you can swallow that debt yourself. Right, we we talk like that uh, as far as like cover an offense. Um, if if you know we went out to dinner and you forgot your purse or wallet, and you said, oh, I I don't have any money. It, I very well, hopefully, would say, hey, don't worry about it. I'll cover it. Right? I'm going to pay your debt. Or if you were planning uh, this next event for RUF, and I said, look, go buy whatever you need and bring me the receipts. I'll cover it. Right? I'll pay it. That's what, that's what wisdom would suggest in a friendship. I'm not going to take it out on you. I'm just going to swallow it. That's what forgiveness looks like. For, you know, we say uh, forgive, you know, uh, forgive, and, forgive and forget. It's not really about forgetting. That's not necessarily the, the, the picture. But forgiveness looks like not taking it out on the other person again. And look, that's, that's not easy. And, and when you, as you do that, you will, you will feel the, that it does cost. You feel the cost. But we're going to have to bear with wrong done to us uh, if we want to have wise, if we want to be wise in our friendships. All right, thirdly and lastly, um, the Proverbs would show us that wise friendships are truthful. Look at 27 17. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Uh, this one, you know, very well might be one that you've heard before. Um, the picture is of, of sharpening a sword or a knife. And rubbing it, uh, scraping it against some sort of uh, you know other piece of metal, and and the picture is right that they they don't both right there's friction there, but it doesn't tear both of them up. It actually makes it better, makes it sharper. And so the the same is true of two people. 
That as you take two people and, and put lives together in friendship, there's going to be friction there. But there is a, a, a friction that, that's beneficial. A friction that's not destructive, but it actually sharpens. Uh, if we're wise about it. And a big part, I think, of, a big part of that wisdom is being truthful with one another in a friendship. Look at 29.5. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. So this is wisdom about how not to act in a friendship. And the basic idea is that if you, if you just tell people what they want to hear, it's only going to result in destruction. It's, it's not going to be good for the friendship. It's dangerous. Spreading a net is the idea of what you would do if you were a hunter or trapper. Right? You would put out a net that you're going to snare you know, a bird or animal or whatever in. And it's actually not entirely clear if the trap ends up being for the, the one doing the flattering or the one being flattered or maybe both. But I don't think it really matters. Because right? the idea is pretty clear. That if you just tell people what they want, what they want to hear... You're setting, the whole, you're setting them and yourself, the, the relationship, up for failure. Right? So what does that mean? It means that the, what we would want to chalk up as like little white lies, um, they're really not helpful. And in fact, they're, they're destructive in a friendship. Uh, when, you, when you look at your friend when they're um, telling you the story and you say, no, 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 I totally agree with you. You're right. Like they, yeah, they were, they were wrong. And, and you're telling them that just because it, it would be so awkward to say the opposite, what you really believe. But you're setting them up for destruction when they, and, and problem when they go confront that person. Or they just continue in that wrong belief. Um, uh, what else? Oh, um, yeah, if you... If your friend shows you something that they've written or created or thought about, and it's, it's honestly just not good, and you say, yeah, I think that's great, you're, you're setting them up for failure. It's not going to go well. Um, yeah, all right, let's move on. Let's look at 27, 5 through 6. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Uh, With the kisses of the enemy, we see the same idea of flattery, right? Not giving somebody the truth. And it's it's contrasted with the friend that wounds faithfully. Um, The idea is that the true friend is going to speak the truth, even when it's painful. If you want to have a good friendship, if you want to be a good friend... Then you're going to say, then you'll say what needs to be said for their good, even when it's hard. Um, I'm going to tell you a story that, uh, so this was years and years ago in in a different different city, uh, church that I worked in, was in a, uh, this happened in a committee meeting, right? So you've got a handful of folks that are um, making some decisions about church life. And there, there have been some big events in the church. And, yeah, I've kind of got to sum up a lot here and sort of be careful. But basically, um, most of the people on this committee felt like they had really been wronged 
and they were really hurt. And the action that they were proposing and that they were taking, quite honestly, it was just reactionary and and hurtful. Like they were just getting back. And in the midst of this discussion, uh, a a friend of mine, he's, you know, sort of, I guess, half generation older than me. He took the floor and and he said this because he disagreed with these folks. And he said, look, let me tell you the story. I want to tell you a story about how uh, when I first decided that I wanted to marry the girl that's now my wife. He said it was on our first date. And we were, I can't remember what they were doing, but they were eating something, uh, hot dogs or pretzels or something with a lot of mustard. And he said, we're, you know, it's first date and you're trying to put your best foot forward and we're sitting there talking. And she just, she looks at me and she says, uh, very kindly, but very pointedly, you have, you have mustard on your face right here. And, you know, I wiped it off and sure enough, I had, had mustard all over my face. And he said, you know, I mean, it was, it was kind of awkward that she brought that up because, you know, for me, like I felt awkward and I had mustard on my face. He said, but as I sat there and thought about it, I thought, I think I might want to marry this girl. Because she's willing to say something, she's willing to make this awkward because she cares about me. And she's not worried about how it might make her feel or might make the moment awkward. This is beautiful. He said, look, I tell you that to say this. You all have mustard on your face right now. You have mustard on your face. And I'm telling you, you do, because I love you. He was saying, like, the decision that you're coming to is a wrong one. And I'm telling you that because I care about you. Look, that's, a, I think, a beautiful story. And, and that's what friendship looks like. It's going to look like you being willing to care enough about your friend to look and say, look, we need to talk. I'm saying this because I care about you, but I think you drink too much. Or I know this is awkward to bring up, but I feel like you spend way too much time with her. Um, I know this is hard to talk about, and you might get mad at me, but I really don't think that you should be dating him because I don't think he's good for you. Um, Yeah, or when your friend tells you about how somebody just went off on them about how selfish they are. Uh, You might have to look and say, you know, I'm sorry that they talked to you like that. that. It wasn't kind how they did it, but if I'm honest... You can come across that way sometimes. Right? It's not easy. But that's what it looks like to love. It's truthful. Um, yeah, oh, lastly, let's look at uh, 27 9. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Um, we've talked about this before, but this is really just the flip side of what we just said um, that wisdom and friendships. It means recognizing that your friend or friends can give you really good advice. And that, in fact, you should ask them for their advice. It would be wise to seek counsel from your friends. Ask your friends how you come across to other people. 
Look, some of, maybe you know, all of us really need to do that. But ask your friends, how, how do I come across? And look, uh, ask that of your campus minister in, in Olivia and David. We'll, we'll be your friends. How do I come across? Um, ask your friends about the person you're dating, those sorts of things. Um, and look, it means that we've got to recognize that when our friends are being good to us, Sometimes they're going to tell us hard truths. And they're actually doing it because they love us. There's actually sweetness in that. All right. Uh, we need to wind up. Uh, and as we do, I want you to think about this. Uh, there's, there's somewhat of a, a problem, and that's in quotes, somewhat of a problem uh, with this concept of friendship uh, and what we said about it, right? I think if you're tracking, because we all want good friends, but the, the best way and really the only way to have good friends is to be a good friend. Right? Does that make sense? The only way to really have good friends is to, to first be a good friend. But that's really hard to do. It's really hard to do with people that are already your friends, much less someone else. Because the more that, the more that we focus on having friends the more we push people away, right? If the focus is on me having you as a friend and what you can do for me, right? It's just, it's actually uh, repelling. Um, We drive people away. A great example of this, and look, I can reference the office too, okay? I've I've seen it. Um, Michael Scott is the best example of this that I could think of. Right? Michael Scott wants one thing in life to have. He wants people to like him. And what is the, what is the one thing he doesn't have in life? Right? Friends. Um, he repels people further. Uh, it makes him not a good boss, right? Um, uh, where'd he go? Uh, who remembers season two, episode five, the Halloween episode? Yeah? I went back and watched it. He fires um, Devin. So he's firing Devin. Do you remember what he says to him? He says, I, I hope this doesn't mess up our friendship. I hope we can still be friends. He wants, more, like, he wants more than anything to be friends. And it's utterly repelling. All right, so, so what do you do? What gives? Is there anything that can break that sort of weird cycle? And the answer is yes. Right? The good news for us is that yes, there is something that can. And it's... The good news that there is an ultimate friendship to be had. It's the good news that God himself offers his friendship to us. He offers, his, he offers us his friendship in the person and work of Jesus. Uh, in Matthew 11, 11, 19, Jesus is talking about how the Jewish leaders, um, how they... Basically, how they don't like who he's hanging out with, and so it's actually this is actually Jesus talking, but he's he's quoting them, and uh, so very much supposing to be to his shame, he said uh, that they describe him as a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus's next words are, "Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds." In other words. Jesus, he takes that description 
of himself, friend of tax collectors and sinners, right? Like just awful people. And he says, you're dang right I am. They're saying, yeah, you're, you're friends with these people. And he says, absolutely. I am the ultimate friend to those people. And he says, and you're going to see just how wise that is. John 15, Jesus says, uh, and this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, you're my friends. He's God Almighty. And he looks at these normal, old, screwed up people and he says, you're my friends. He calls his followers his friends. All right, so real quickly, and we're just going to finish with these thoughts. What kind of friend is he? Does he stand up to the Proverbs? Is he constant? Right, he chooses to love his people no matter what. Even to the point of enduring the profuse kisses of the enemy, right? That's how he got sold out by Judas, who was one of his friends. And then when he gets sold out, what do his friends do? The ones that he just looked at and said, you're my friends. What do they do? They leave him. Peter says, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know who he is. And every one of his friends literally ran away. And yet his friendship was constant. And it, is, his, is he forgiving? Does he cover an offense? He covers offenses to the, to the point of taking every offense by his friends that just ran away from him. And putting them all onto himself. And bearing every drop of wrath that, would, that, that should and did come from those offenses. To cover it for his friends. For you, for me. For anybody that would trust him. Is he truthful? He is the truth. Right? And sometimes his truth might hurt. But it's always for our good. Right? He's the ultimate friend that will never leave you, never forsake you, and will stick closer to you than a brother. And that's what's, that's what's offered to you tonight. That's the good news. And then if you, have, if you have that ultimate friend, that's the one thing, the only thing that will actually free us up to be good friends to other people. Right? Because like we said, we, we want friends, but you got to be a friend. It's, if we already have one, then we don't have to suck the life out of other people because we have it. And we can actually forgive other people and be truthful, even if it might hurt and those sorts of things because of the good news of Jesus. And that's what it's, it's offered to us and it's offered for free. And I pray you take it, maybe even for the first time. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, you truly are the friend of sinners.
Uh, Forgive us for the ways that we don't even fully understand what that means. Thank you for your friendship. Would you cause us to understand it? Uh, To drink deeply of your grace and your mercy so that we actually might be good friends. We pray it in your name. Amen.